Can you guys hear me okay? All right, all right. Well, it is good to be up here again. And um, okay, first things first. I know you guys are wondering about the arm. What's up with the, the big sling on your hand? Uh, and so the reason I'm in this is because I recently had a shoulder surgery, um, torn rotator cuff and a torn labrum, which was the result of a minor motorcycle accident, um, which I don't recommend. Um, but um, after the surgery, I was given this fancy sling, which is kind of a cross between a straight jacket and the end of a sofa. And so <laughs> I, I kind of have to wear this piece of furniture 24-7, including when I sleep, which means I'm not getting a whole lot of sleep. I'm kind of in uh, major sleep deprivation and kind of in a mental fog uh, over the last few weeks as I've been preparing this sermon. So who knows what's going to come out this morning. Um, you know, if I, if I start babbling or hallucinating or pass out, um, it ain't the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's severe sleep deprivation, uh, so call the ambulance. But um, no, seriously, I, I need the Holy Spirit's help. So can you pray with me as we get started? Heavenly Father, we need you to speak this morning. I need you, Holy Spirit, fill me, speak through me what you want to say to the people here. Clear my head, help me to, to say what you've called me to say um, in a way that, that just uh, gets, gets your point across. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so um, when I was in high school, my friends and I loved to play pickup basketball. And I grew up in Lahaina, Maui, which is probably the best place in the world to grow up. Um, the best place in Lahaina, Maui for playing pickup basketball is this place, this court down on Front Street um, at Malu'ulu Alele Park. Don't try to say it, you'll only hurt yourself. But um, at Malu'ulu Alele Park, uh, my friends and I would would we'd meet all kinds of people. There's, there were some regulars that would be down there, and then there'd be, you know, people from all over the world who would visit Lahaina for vacation, and, and so we'd, we'd meet all kinds of characters down there. Um, one night we were playing, and we were choosing up teams, and there was this new guy that showed up, and... Uh, so he was on our team, and the game starts, pass him the ball, and he starts to dribble, little fake out, dribble some more, behind the back, dribble some more, between the legs, dribble some more, little, little more running around, dribble some more, and Eventually, it became apparent to us that this guy was not going to do anything except dribble around the court and show off his, his dribbling skills. And it was, it was rather irritating to us. I mean, he's all kind of flash, all kind of fancy movements, uh, but no payoff. I mean, we could be open under the basket and it didn't matter because wannabe Kobe is over there just putting on his own little dribbling clinic for us. And... <laughs> It really started getting old really quick, and he was less than cordially invited off the court uh, 
expletives and threats of bodily harm may have been involved, but um, it eventually, it, it became apparent that this guy did not know what the point of the game was. I mean, he totally missed the point of basketball. Basketball is where you take this ball and you get it in that hoop over there. Like, that's the point. And no matter how much dribbling or rebounding or passing you do, if it's not leading to getting the ball in the hoop, what's the point? Now some of us, some of us do a lot of dribbling around in life, a lot of movement, a lot of flash, and we totally miss the point. We want to keep the main thing the main thing. And what is the point? Well, Jesus tells us the point in Matthew 22, verses 35 through 40. So if you have a Bible, open it up to Matthew 22, 30, 35 through 40. In these verses, a man asks Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in the law? Like, what's, what's, the, what's the summary of the scriptures in, in like, one sentence. What's, what's the point that I've got to be aiming for? And Jesus answers him very succinctly. And in about 15 seconds, Jesus gives us the point of life. Like the, the meaning of the entire scriptures, the, the purpose of the entire universe summed up in 15 seconds. It's worth taking seriously when the guy that the Bible is about says this is what the Bible is about. So let's read Matthew 22, 35 through 40. It says, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Mic drop. This is Jesus saying, here's the ball. There's the basket. Get the ball in the basket. Whatever else you do with your life, whatever dribbling around you do, whatever rebounds you get, get the ball in the basket. Jesus tells us that life is about connection. Connection with God, connection with people. That is the goal, that is the purpose for which we were created and for which we were put on this earth and for which we were given this scripture and for which Jesus came to earth, died for us, so that connection could happen in our lives with God and with one another. 
Everything else is second tier. Now, we all, we all kind of know this if we've been around church long enough. We know, yeah, I love God, love people. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing. We all know it, but we all have a hard time doing it. We all find that the how of doing what he's saying is really tough. And here's probably one of the biggest reasons why. Connection takes time. Connection takes time. Loving God, loving people, takes time. And most of us are too busy to connect with God regularly and to connect with others. Now, time is not the only thing that love is about, but at the very least, if you don't have time in interaction, then you definitely don't have love. And so, at a minimum, if you're going to intentionally follow this commandment of Jesus to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love one another as yourself, you're going to have to spend time. We're all too busy. You know, we, we want to connect with God, we want to spend time with God, but, you know, we've, we've got all of this homework this week. I mean, just, you wouldn't believe how much homework I have. You want to connect with God and others, but you got... I mean, the kids every morning, they just don't follow directions and you're trying to get them ready and you know, you, you, you gotta get them out the door by, by the time school starts. And I mean, it's like, there's just so much to do. You wanna be connected with God and others, but I mean, work is just killing you. There's just so much going on. And it's, we're, we're busy. I mean, I totally get that. I know life just keeps coming at you, and it gets busy. But I also know that when I say I'm too busy, what I'm saying in other words is, that's not a big enough priority. Because we all find ways to make time for what, are our highest priorities. So if someone says, I want to go out tonight and whatever, and I say, oh, I'm too busy, what I'm saying is, I have another priority that's higher than that priority. And so, yes, too busy, I get that. But if something is a high enough priority you can find a way to make the time to do it. And if Jesus says, this is the highest priority in life, it's not making enough money to purchase a home. The highest priority in life is not, you know, getting your kids into the best schools. The highest priority in life is not making the most of your career 
Not saying any of those things are bad. The highest priority is not getting the highest score you can on Fortnite. (laughs) The highest priority is getting the ball in that basket. Relationship, connection with God and with others is the highest priority. Is that what you are living right now? So when someone says, can, can you do this or that? You look at your schedule and it says, my priorities are connection. If that's what your schedule says, then great. You can probably go home and, you know, go watch TV or something. But for those of us who find our lives a little too busy for God, um, I'm going to give you guys a, a tool for making that priority of connection a regular part of your life. And that tool is what we call a rule of life or a regula vita. And so I'm going to help you to create your own rule of life this morning. And we're going to have people passing out a paper and pencil. Now these are, paper and pencil are kind of an ancient Um, word processor uh, that people in the ancient world, you know, before 1990, um, used to use to record their thoughts. Um, So I'm going to have you guys actually work on creating your rule of life. Now, a rule of life is basically a tool for restructuring your life around what's most important to you. A rule of life is a plan or a strategy or a structure for spending the time that you have on the things that are most important. And I got to say this. If you cannot fit connection with God and others into your daily life, then daily life has got to go. If you cannot make your daily routines something in which people, God, are highlighted, then maybe your daily routines need to be rethought. If you're so busy with all of your different duties and you can't fit God into that, then maybe you need another duty. So let's take a look at this. I'm, I'm, for the next 15 minutes, I want you to begin filling out this paper. This paper is phase one of the construction of a rule of life. And that phase is the brainstorming phase. So phase one, brainstorm all the ideas you can think of without worrying about whether it's realistic or not or whether it fits into your schedule. Just brainstorm. All of these things that you can think of to, to, in each category. And then phase two is going to be, now what's realistic in my current schedule? And how do I rearrange my schedule to make sure priorities are right? 
So we're going to work on phase one today. Um, while I'm talking, if you can multitask, listen to me and fill out your, your paper. If you cannot multitask, then tune me out and fill out your paper, okay? Um, this is the only time we're going we're gonna to say this, is ignore the preacher if you need to, to get your own rule of life started here. Um, so, first question on here. Reflect on your relationship with God. How could you keep this relationship fresh and alive? What are some of the things that strengthen it? What are the things that tend to derail it? So start writing out some answers on there, as many thoughts as you can think. What, what gets you feeling close to God? Is it taking a hike out in nature, watching the sunset or the sunrise? Is it being in a worship service like this? Is it pouring over the scriptures and, and just getting, getting immersed in the, in the Bible? What are the things that make you feel closest to God? Um, now, for you, it might be very different from the person next to you. Every monastic movement in history um, from Jesus up to now, was basically someone saying, how can we get people to structure their lives around relationship with God and relationship with others? And um, one of the, the first ones was, was the rule of St. Benedict. Rule of St. Benedict is an amazing piece of work that describes a community in which our, basically your, your whole life is wrapped up with singing psalms to God every three hours of the day. And St. Benedict, when he thought, what is going to get people connected to God regularly throughout their lives so that that is truly their priority? And he thought, well, what better than to be singing our praises to God through the words of the psalms? Um, they would they would schedule their days around these singing of psalms, which is probably a great discipline, but it's rather time-consuming for people like us, which is probably why they cloistered away and made sure that everybody there was single and all of that stuff. So for, for the rest of us, I think we've got to kind of figure out what our rule of life is going to be given our situations. And that's why I'm very thankful for another semi-monastic movement uh, of St. Patrick, the Celtic monastic movement. Um, you know, St. Patrick's, like St. Patrick's Day in March. He began a revival through the island of Ireland. And one of the things that set this movement apart from the, the, the St. Benedict monastic movement was that he realized, you know, people here are busy and they're doing a lot of stuff and we don't want to take people out of regular life and cloister them away in a monastery if we can help it. And so they, they began to design what I, I would call task prayers. And so they would have prayers for when you wake up in the morning, 
a prayer for when, you, when you're milking the cows, a, mil- a prayer for when you're driving the cattle out, a prayer for smoring the fire, whatever smoring the fire is. I don't know, maybe roasting s'mores over it. Um, but they, they built prayers, ways of connecting with God around what they were already doing. And I think all of us could do that if we gave it some time and energy to, to figure out what do I do every day and how can I incorporate God's presence and connection into that time? So like I, I, have, a, I have a toothbrushing prayer every morning. I mean, all of, you, all of us brush our teeth, don't we? Don't we? Every day? Uh, when I brush my teeth, I, I have a little prayer that I pray. I don't pray it out loud because it'll be mumbled and toothpaste will come spewing out of my mouth. But I pray basically, God, fill my mouth with words of life and not of death. Fill my mouth with words that build up and not tear down. Fill my mouth with words that are true and not false. Fill my mouth with words that encourage and don't discourage. And something like that, I, I pray every morning as I'm brushing my teeth. And then I, I have a hair prayer. Uh, where, I mean, as I'm making my luscious locks beautiful every morning, it's, uh, I, I, I basically, Talk to God about what I want my mind to be filled with that day. Fill my mind with true, good, beautiful, right, noble things. Philippians 4.8 is a great scripture to, to maybe put on your mirror on a three by five card and just meditate on it, you know, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is love, all of these things that we want our mind to be filled with while you're brushing your hair or putting product in your hair or whatever, you can interact with God about what you want your mind to be filled with. And for some of you, that'll be a really long prayer. For some of you, it'll be a really short prayer. As you're doing your hair, you can bring connection with God into that process. And you just go through all of the things that you do each morning, which, which you could attach a connection with God to each of those activities. Now, I don't have a deodorant prayer, because that generally doesn't take as long, and I haven't thought of something that's really appropriate for that. You know, I, I, you, could, you could try something from Job 9.31. You have plunged me into a slime pit that even my clothes detest me. Uh, maybe not, maybe not. Um, but, um, you know, as I get dressed, I, I, I ask that God would clothe me in Christ-likeness using the, the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus, clothe me in Christ-like love. Clothe me in Christ-like joy. Cover me with Christ-like peace. And just as I'm going through my dressing, I am 
interacting with God. And so we can, we can do that with all sorts of things. You, you know, if you, if you spend some time with God in, in the scripture for half an hour when you wake up, and then you spend half an hour with getting ready for, for school or work, I mean, you could just have spent an entire hour with God. Oops. Woo. And then when you're driving, if you have some kind of a way of connecting with God on your commute, then you just spent two hours with God this morning. And then as you're going through your workday, you can, I mean, if you're in customer service, you know, every customer you see, fire up a quarter second prayer. God bless them through me. God bless this person through me. Just in your mind, when you lock eyes with a new person, God bless this person through me. And you make your interactions throughout the day into a connection with God so that you're scoring baskets all day long, before work, during work, after work, in school. You're just, you're firing up there. You're getting connected with this person, with that person, with God, with this person, with God, with this person, this person, and God. You're, you're, you can turn your life into connection with God if you're intentional about what you're doing with your time. And that's what this rule of life is intended to do. But you re- invest in your relationship with God, that's not the only relationship that we're called to invest in. So let's look at number two on the list. Um, Ephesians 5 tells us about how wives and husbands should submit themselves to one another in love and respect and all of this stuff. If you're not married, skip past this. <clears throat> skip past any of these ones that don't apply to you. Um, if you are married, God wants you to invest heavily in your relationship with your spouse. God wants you to put some real energy and time into connecting with your husband or your wife. So, second area on there, reflect on your relationship with your wife or husband. How could you keep this relationship fresh and alive? What are some things that strengthen it? What derails, derails it? So, right now, ask yourself, where, if you're married, where is our relationship on a scale of one to 10? Is it like nine or 10, like we're doing great? Is it five or six, like it's, it's okay? We just kind of stay out of the trouble areas and we move along. Are we at a one or a two? Like we're, we're just not connected, we don't have any relationship other than kind of a business partnership where we're just kind of in the same place trying to not run over each other? Where are we at? You know, my, my wife and I have what I affectionately call a high-maintenance marriage, meaning it takes a lot of work for us to keep together on the same page. I mean, we're just, we are so different. We have almost nothing in common. I mean, we both love Jesus. We both like action movies. And that's about it. Like, we, we have so little in common. She's Chinese, I'm Puerto Rican, 
I mean, if you look on a globe, like Puerto Rico and China are the exact opposite ends of the world, and it feels like that sometimes. Um, I mean, we just, we just have such a hard time connecting because we're so different. Like, her, her perfect day is like activity after activity. Like, she wants to wake up and, and go on a two-hour run or strenuous exercise, and then when she's done with that, she would love to go, you know, go to this store and that store and that store and then go back to the first store and return what she bought because she doesn't like it anymore and get something else. And, and then maybe spend the, the evening with some friends cooking and talking late into the night, and I just think, oh, that just sounds so exhausting. My perfect day would be waking up, going to a coffee shop or someplace in nature with a nice cup of specialty coffee and a book, and just sitting there for hours and hours. Maybe spend some time in movie night with the family or something, but I, I just, I'm, we're not on the same page in just about every area of life, which is why we have to be super intentional about asking the question, what is it that keeps us connected? What can I do? And I would suggest all of you married people, maybe sometime later today, just take a few minutes and ask them, what makes you feel connected to me? What can I do that will make us be better connected? And then share, what, what makes me feel connected to you? Like, what, what is it that, that I would like to see out of this relationship? And if you're like us, if you're kind of in one of those one or two seasons on the scale, that might lead to a fight, which, you know, you needed to have the fight anyway, so might as well make it productive. Um, but... Take the time to figure out what's going to make that relationship connect. What's going to keep you close? And that process is something that if you don't intentionally lean into it and put it on your, your brainstorm and then in the second phase put it onto your calendar, it's not going to happen automatically. It's going to require some effort and energy of putting that relationship into a priority position in the way you use your time. Okay, moving on. Number three, reflect on your relationship with your children. Now again, if you don't have kids, move on to the next. Um, but how do you keep these relationships alive with your kids? Is it going to the park together, watching movies together? Is it going out for ice cream or in and out? Is it like, um, like doing art projects together or playing board games together? What is it that your kids really love and makes them feel like, oh, I love being part of this family? One of the things I found out just as we were talking with our kids, my kids love that experience of going out on a family vacation together which for me is like, oh my gosh, that is so much work and money that we don't have. <laughs> but recognizing, okay, this is important. I'm going to have to 
make some space in my schedule. I'm going to have to figure out a way to make, save some money towards this. I mean, things that would not happen if this was not a super high priority. Um, we're going to have to make some room for this relationship in the things that are really going to bring it to life. And so, you know, my wife and I, we, we schedule a vacation the entire time up to it. It's just conflict and difficulty, and it's just hard to do because there's so many moving pieces to it. And yet, I mean, we had a blast, and it was worth it because those relationships, that family relationship was absolutely worth it. And this is why it's important, why I'm giving you phase one first, brainstorm, figure out what are those big pieces you would like to be part of your schedule without worrying if you can fit it yet because sometimes if it's important and you see it on your brainstorming sheet and you think, I really need to start doing this, it's not going to fit into my schedule as my schedule is right now but I might have to move things around to show that this is really a priority. And that's really the case with many of those important pieces of our rule of life. So um, brainstorm first, get all of those ideas on the paper, and then either on, your, on the back of your page, you can just put you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or if you have a Google Calendar or one of those kind of apps, you can actually, you can create your own rule of life calendar that you can overlay onto your normal daily life. And, and when it's on there, you can see what, what are the important things in your life and you can build around that. I mean, whatever you need to do, phase one, brainstorm, phase two, schedule it in, Make the time for the things that are really important. And connection is really important. So that's why it's important to do it that way. Okay, moving on. Uh, number four, reflect on your relationship with yourself, the state of your soul. Now this part, of, this, this one might strike you as kind of odd. Um, Jesus sort of smuggles it into the, the great commandment and the second one as a kind of a side door, like, love your neighbor as yourself. It's not explicitly asked for, it's implicitly assumed that one of the people that you're making sure you're connected with is yourself. And so we do need to make sure that we are Figuring out what our souls need as part of this whole, whole process. Um, you know, you don't want to be like that mechanic that wants to help other people fix their cars, but when they call him, he's like, uh, sorry, I can't come in because my car is in the shop. I can't get to work. If you want to help other people fix their cars, you better have a car that runs pretty well. You better be taking care of your own engine if you want to be helping other people with their engine. So if you're going to be loving and kind to other people, then 
you do kind of need to care for your own soul and make sure it's in shape to be able to love others. Now, I've already kind of um, let you in on, for me, I really need time alone, like in nature or at a coffee shop. If I don't get a chunk of time every week or so, I start getting really unloving. I, my connection ability is greatly hampered when I am running week, week, week without getting some time just to decompressurize or whatever it is. I don't know what you call it, but I need to get some time and space to sit outside or sit at a coffee shop and just, <sighs> and if I get that, then I'm not going to be as critical of my wife. I'm not going to be as impatient with my kids because my engine, my connection with God and my connection with myself is where it should be. So what, are, what do you need to maintain your own sanity? What keeps you energized, makes you feel alive? Put some of those things into your rule of life as well. For the sake of others, take care of yourself. Okay, lastly, any other key relationships? Close friends, family members, small group, fellowship, fellow church members, whatever other relationships you are looking at and saying, this needs to be a priority in my life with my roommate or with my sister or with whoever. Like, what other priority relationships and how are you going to keep that thing connected and alive? We're out of time, so um, I, wanna, I want you to... Take some time tonight, tomorrow, sometime this week. Finish up your rule of life. Put on there all of your brainstorming ideas about what's going to keep you connected properly. And then start moving some of those things onto your actual schedule. Start scheduling in the time of retreat that you need or the, the time that you need to go and and connect with this person or that person. Start moving the rule of life from an idea of what's great to real life, schedule, time. What are you doing about it? Because if we're not making time for connection, it is not going to happen. And Jesus is the one who says connection is the first priority. Let's pray. Can we have the worship team come forward and prayer team on the sides? <clears throat> Some of us this morning just need to tell God you're ready to get your life in order. You're ready to prioritize what he prioritizes in his order. And so take this time to tell God your difficulties with it, but also tell him, I'm in. I'm ready to follow. For those of you who are married couples, if you're near each other, I want you to just grab each other's hand, and I want you to pray for your spouse right now. Pray for God's hand to be on that relationship. Lord, help me to see them with your eyes. Help me to appreciate the beauty and the glory that you've placed in them. And Lord, help me to invest 
in our marriage and in that amazing person that you've placed in my life. Lord, you know the way to get there. Help us to find our way there as we follow you. Lord God, as we, as we all open ourselves to you, we ask that you would make yourself known in those times that we set apart and help us to have the courage to do it. We pray this in Jesus' name.